sometimes I wonder why I spent the lonely night dreaming of a song, the melody. Welcome to Subtle Beast, everybody. I am your host, Folks. With me, as always, my main man, Mr. Steve Apostolopoulos. How are you, brother? Oh, I'm doing good today, folks. How about you? Well, you know that I'm super excited because today we're going to be talking about uh, one of my all-time favorite topics. Oh, yeah. Which I try and squeeze in a little bit to each episode, if I can. We're going to be talking about extraterrestrials and anti-gravity and all the stuff that takes Subtle Beast back to its core roots because that's what we love and that's what we're going to discuss today. We got a lot, a lot of good... Uh, information coming out, some interviews, some information that uh, is uh, came out a little bit more recent than uh, some others, but um, it's going to be a good time. We're going to be talking about things like Area 51, S4, UFOs, technology, the moon. Honestly, some of this information came out this week, so could hear about it in other media platforms as well, but you heard it here first. Well, speaking of that... I would have to say, as of recent, there's been a lot, a lot of uh, UFO talk in the mainstream media, which I always, I, I like to see it, but then I always have to question myself, why are they showing this and what what are they doing? Are they trying to desensitize us for, if you've been following us for a while, we did the show on Project Blue Beam and stuff like that. You never know. You never know, but I'm excited whenever it's talked about. And, uh, but yeah, I just took notice that it seems to be ramping up a little bit, but, um, we're going to dive in here, um, with, uh, with the first section of our podcast, we're going to be talking about a gentleman named Boyd Bushman and he used to work, um, in, uh, basically a deep state in area 51 in uh, and dealing with uh, Lockheed, uh, skunk works and things like that. So I'm too excited. I'm going to get right into it. An Area 51 scientist before his death made shocking confessions about aliens, UFOs, and anti-gravity technology. On August 7, 2014, American scientist Boyd Bushman died. For many years, he had been working as a senior fellow at Lockheed Martin. Before his death, he had recorded a sensational video in which he talked about his work in Area 51, as well as about aliens and UFOs. We know how to travel to the stars. The Air Force has given us a contract to take E.T. back home, which was stated by Ben Rich, the former head of Lockheed Skunk Works. As a senior research engineer, Boyd Bushman worked for Lockheed Martin, Texas Instruments, and Hughes Aircraft. He was regarded as one of the inventors of the Stinger missile, and he spoke on camera about Area 51 advanced propulsion systems being tested there, and he showed pictures of an alleged alien in the picture. Now, Bushman's interest in UFOs and anti-gravity technology was first noted, noticed in 1999 when he appeared on the Discovery Channel documentary about secret aircraft technology. The show was hosted by Nick Cook, author and writer for Jane's Defense. He did not express much during the time, but eventually Bushman talked about his personal interest in anti-gravity, and in particular, the work of the Canadian researcher John Hutchinson. Then, in 2007, 
he showed up in somewhat obscure documentary by David Sarita titled From Here to Andromeda. In it, Bushman discusses more of his ideas about UFOs and anti-gravity. He talked about his anti-gravity experiments, and he referred to Bob Lazar, the original Area 51 whistleblower, who claimed to have worked on a project and reverse engineering of a UFO. Now, according to MUFON spokesperson, spokesperson Alessandro Rojos, in 2008, Bushman had taken a polygraph test in which he admitted to have worked with anti-gravity at Area 51. He had worked on alien technologies, had examined an alien spacecraft, and he had even touched an alien life form. He also said that he knew Lazar. Now, what we're going to do at the end of our show today is that polygraph that I was just talking about that Bushman took. We're going to read you the polygraph, and it's, it's pretty good. It's, yeah, it's fascinating. In his last videos, he did not claim to have direct contact with the alleged alien-related projects, but instead, he said he was working with a team at Area 51. He said to have in, quote, contact directly or indirectly with Teller and his group running Area 51 and the equivalent. He presented UFO photos he had received, some of which are ships that are purportedly very near the photographer, but are difficult to make out. He showed a picture of an out-of-focus light that he says is the spacecraft and what it looked like when they powered up. Bushman said, I asked them to tell me about who was flying these things, and they said, fine. He then presented a series of photographs of an alleged alien being. It looked like one, what one would expect an alien to look like, with a big head and big eyes. He said they have five fingers, five toes, two eyes, and webbed feet. He explained they are approximately five feet four and a half to five feet tall. They had one or two of them, and they were around 230 years old. And we have a total of at least 18 that exist and operate in our facility, as Teller set it up. Now, according to him, the U.S. military is dealing not only with aliens themselves, but also with vehicles that manage to fly to us. Moreover, in his opinion, a group of spe specialists engaged in alien technology and inquired in various ways 24 hours a day. However, these pictures were first posted by Hutchinson, the anti-gravity researcher in Canada that Bushman referred to in the Cook interview. Hutchinson posted them in 2008. He said he received them anonymously from a man he believed to be in the CIA. Quickly, several people identified the images as looking like an alien doll that was sold at Kmart. Many of these people posted their pictures online. It does look like the same alien. At least a couple people have suggested that perhaps the government made a doll to sell in Kmart that looked exactly like the real alien in order to shed doubt. It's a bit of a stretch. Others still insist that although a doll looks very familiar, it is not exact, and so the alien in the picture may still be real. Now, Bushman went on to tell the story of his friends who shot down an alien craft and stepped inside. But he said, more often than not, working with alien technology is dangerous for humans. Bushman said 39 people had lost their lives trying to reverse engineer UFOs. 19 of those was during a test of the technology a year and a half ago. Although he was a little bit vague about the details, he said they wanted to bring various flying craft near the UFO, and the UFO defended itself and 19 of our people died. Now, like so many other stories in the UFO field, Bushman's is, is, is enigmatic. The whole affair could easily be, be written off as delusional ramblings of an old man. The only thing that causes one to pause is Bushman's background. Why would a high-level scientist begin making up such wild stories? 
Did he actually work with Teller? Did he ever really go to Area 51? Or were these all tall tales told to him that he believed wholeheartedly? Very interesting. Dude, you get a guy like that, he's he's trying to get it off his chest before he goes. Oh, 100%. I mean, what did he have to gain? Um, I mean... Or lose. Gain or lose. Right. I mean, he he was an intelligent man who obviously... I mean, he's, he was known for creating the Stinger missile. I mean, that guy's pretty credible. And on his deathbed, he just wants to make up a story to make himself look like a lunatic before he passes on. <laughs> right. I mean, come on. I mean... He was sharing his experiences. Yeah, and the, and if you watch the if you watch the interview, which we have, he does show the picture of the extraterrestrial. To me, it looks real. I saw the picture of what they were talking about with the Kmart doll, similar, but I mean, it didn't look as quote unquote uh, alien like or as real or lifelike. I guess I should say. So, but uh. There could very easily be alien presence inside Area 51 down underneath those floors and no one would ever know about it. 100%. Because people now try and say that the that uh, it's not too busy there anymore. You don't see too much going on. Well, that, I, th- I think that has a lot to do with uh, Google and Google Maps because uh, Area 51 was denied in the public and by the presidents of the United States until Google Maps got a picture of it. And I think it was Clinton that actually then – confirmed that yeah it is a base and he was denied all kinds of access to it which is interesting that he would be denied but uh um yeah it's 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 interesting and uh we got we got more to go steve why don't you talk about this next part which we're going to talk about some testimony from a former air force member so there's a former u.s air force member nayara isley correct she claims that she'd worked on a secret base on the moon. So, former member of a U.S. Air Force radar tracking operator, Nayara Isley, stated she was forced into slavery on a secret moon base camp. She recalls being abducted multiple times for traumatic experiments. A mysterious case of Nayara Isley's secret base camps on moon. An unexpected event that took place in 1980 turned Nayara Tiara Isley's life upside down. Nayara was traveling along with her colleagues for a mission at the Tanapa test range. During their flight, suddenly the aircraft in which Nayara was traveling encountered a glowing UFO that maintained course alongside them. The team was instructed by ground control to get a radar lock and intercept the flying saucer. As the aircraft landed, all the members who boarded the aircraft were taken into custody by one of the Air Force's covert branches. In her book, Facing the Shadow, Embracing the Light, Niara has described her unpleasant and prolonged experience. The former member of the U.S. Air Force had been abducted eight to ten times over the course of several months. After the abduction, Niara Isley was taken to a secret base camp located on the dark side of the moon. According to Yara, the base was owned by strange reptilian beings. However, the operators were human personnel. She contended that many other humans were kept at the base against their will, just like she was. 
I was very poorly fed and worked hard during the day cycle, operating some kind of electronic equipment for excavation at times and doing physical manual labor at other times, such as lifting boxes and stacking things. Worst of all, I was used for sex during what passed for the night there from man to man, said Niara Isley. She was looked down upon as an object of experiments and was inhumanely treated. She stated that the medical experiments were performed by grace, meaning that the root of the conspiracy steeps deeper than we imagine. The process of abduction and experimentation went on for months before eventually being released. However, she is convinced she wasn't set free without first being subject to a memory wipe. Wow. I know, man. It, it's wild. I mean, what I like about her story is it's very similar to another person that came forward saying that they were part of a similar project. Uh, his name was Corey Good. Um, he does some shows on Gaia, and he talks about the experiences, and he talks about the different um, extraterrestrials that he worked with as, quote-unquote, a slave up there, qu- saying a lot of uh, similar things, and definitely interesting. I like it. So where were we? We were just about to talk about her memory wipe. Okay. So, in fact, she says that an acute absence of memories from that period tipped her off. She might have been the victim of an abduction for a period of time of three months in 1980. Isley had no memories, although at the time she was working for the U.S. Air Force. Quote, I was scared. I knew I had to get back to my daughter, so I was pretty compliant. I just didn't want to do anything that would get me killed. <clears throat> Pardon me. Discouraged and hurt, by the time she has but by, by the time she has lost, Naira Isley underwent hypnosis and recovered her suppressed memories. It seems that the attempt at wiping the memory was unsuccessful. Along with Naira Isley, there are many other ab- abductees who are convinced that most, if not all, abductions are actually performed or supported by military forces worldwide. One of the popular conspiracy theories calls these operations my labs or military abductions. And the hypothesis that such abductions and traumatic experimentations are way more common than we think. Isley and her peers suggest hypnosis therapy to anyone who's experienced long periods of missing time. Though Isley brought little evidence to support her testimony, besides her testimony, she did bring up several interesting points. The presence of a joint reptilian gray human secret base on our satellite is scary, and the abduction phenomenon is alarming, to say the least. These base camps are being run by humans is even more horrifying. The perspective of unwillingly carrying memories of being forced into slavery and routinely experimented on is something else, the seat of paranoia. Well, if what Isley says is true, then we are all living in a web of lies that is spun by our own people, which I believe. Yeah, dude, she could have totally been taken to a place and treated very poorly. Yeah, I mean, we're probably going to touch on this a little bit more, but I mean, if it's being told to you by the government or the government is saying that if the government's ever telling you we're here to help, that's when you run. Because they're never going to tell us anything more than what they think that we should know or fabricated all kinds of BS. Pre-spawn. Yeah, I mean, that's why it's called a television program, because they're programming you to believe what they want you to believe. But, yeah, I mean, I, I have to believe that. Terrible story. 
our government isn't is in full involvement, especially with places like S four and Area fifty one. So, uh, but we're going to keep going on. Um, this next section, uh, a lot of you have probably heard of this man before, or at least of his family's name. Uh, he's a former CIA pilot, and he claims that there are some human space colonies on the moon and on Mars. John Lear, a retired CIA pilot, made strong remarks about the moon, Mars, and NASA's extraterrestrial technology during an appearance on the U.S. mystery show Coast to Coast. John Lear was a CIA pilot and the captain in the United States Air Force. He has 150 piloted test craft aircraft experience and is the son of the inventor of the Lear jet engine. He also holds 18 world speed records, has worked with 28 aviation firms, and has received various awards from the FAA. Sounds like a pretty good life. Yeah, and he sounds pretty credible of a man. However, Lear is well known now because he leaked classified information regarding NASA and space travel from the early 1980s through the mid-90s. NASA's Hidden Secret by John Lear was a book that he had written. EBE-3 was an alien spacecraft that landed on Earth in 1953. The U.S. Air Force has developed improved spacecraft thanks to its technologies. They were able to develop ships that, despite not being able to travel at the speed of light, could reach the moon in, in an hour thanks to reverse engineering that happened in 1962. In addition, testing on Mars had begun, and this was accomplished in 1966. The missions that were announced and pushed with zeal were nothing more than smoke screens to draw attention to them. The genuine lunar missions were already building structures on the satellite. The surface of Mars was first reached in 1966, and since then, the majority of the planets in the solar system have been explored. All of them have life that is quite human-like. David Wilcock and Henry Deacon both corroborated this information. David Wilcock is also on uh, Gaia, and he's actually sat down with uh, Corey Good and had some of those conversations, so it'd be worth checking out if you'd like to. NASA began removing photographs obtained by Apollo 8, 10, 11 in the 1970s. They were published in a book, SB2-46, in 1971, An Extraterrestrial Intervention in Lunar Cities. There is a city, a space base, streets, tunnels, vegetation, an atmosphere, and 66% gravity compared to Earth in these photos. Electricity, mining, and a nuclear reactor are all available. All of this effort, according to Lear, was made possible by extraterrestrial involvement. Now, in reality, several of the structures that are currently in use were built on the moon before they were even transported there. For the past 40 years, this has been the case. It makes me think of uh, the Black Knight satellite. Yes. Because uh, you know, people say, oh, we saw this satellite. And then I, you know, I, I've read other um, people's theories that say people are saying that that's the Black Knight satellite, but actually what it is is a cargo ship that had left somewhere on Earth, maybe on a small island out in the middle of the Pacific, so no one would see it take off. But then they're getting pictures of it from the International Space Station or you know the space shuttle when it was still in commission. Lear also mentioned that his father was involved in many anti-gravity technology development efforts in the 1950s, technology that is kept under wraps still. What's more startling is that the number of military and weight loss officials have corroborated several of these claims. Phil Corso, David Wilcock, and Glenn Steckling are among the most well-known. 
Alien research, reverse engineering, and contact with advanced civilizations on other worlds are not new concepts. It's not the first time officials have made similar declarations, sometimes even losing them their liberty. So there we have John Lear, the son of the creator of the, of the Lear jet engine, who's worked in all forms of military, holds world records for speed, um, given awards by the FAA. CIA. Yeah, CIA. And is coming forward and saying, look, this stuff's real. There's a, there's a base on the moon. And if you've been following our po- podcast for some time, I mean, we've done episodes on that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's my personal belief in theory that the moon is uh, an artificial structure. Um, if, you, if you look back over time through civilizations, um, I, it, it, I forget who, who the people were, but they speak of a time before the moon and after the moon was towed in. Now, granted, people can chalk that up as, uh, you know, just stories being passed down from generation to generation, but there's probably some truth in it, and that's probably why it gets disguised as just, oh, just tales that were told to kids or stories. Folklore. Folklore, yeah, exactly. Um, So, if anybody's going to be credible, I mean, well, so far, all three of these people, to me, have sound credible, uh, all have military backgrounds and or... Um, made inventions or something for the military, but all of uh, the people that we've discussed so far have been in the military, um, from Air Force and and I mean, I, and that's where that's where I think a a lot of things take place is with within the Air Force within the deep state because um, Air Force would just be would be a great ruse. I mean, you could launch anything off of an aircraft carrier in the middle of the ocean. Not to say that the Navy couldn't and such, but. I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like um, the Air Force was then branched off into what we now have as Space Force. So that'll get even more interesting. There's not much talk about Space Force yet today and, and what they're working on or trying to accomplish. They're there. They're working behind the scenes. Yeah. If they if they were smart, they'd be uh, bringing Mr. Musk on board. How about him? I mean, dude's on point right now. But um, so th- th- definitely not... Um, one of our longer shows today, but a lot of great information packed in. So now this next section is going to be where we're going to actually read you the um, the polygraph the polygraph um, that was taken. Uh, let's see, what, what was that? Oh, God. oh from Boyd Bushman. So what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to read the question. Steve's going to answer it as he's Boyd Bushman, and then we'll give you the result of the of the polygraph. So there, there's quite a few. Um, there's a lot actually. So we're going to go through some of the ones that we discussed, um, some of the highlights and we'll go over it. So Mr. Bushman, did you ever work for strategic defense initiative? Yes. Result true. Did you work longer than two years for SDI? Yes. Result true. Let's see what's the next one. Did you ever work for Edward Teller? No. Yes. Result, true. Were you personally hired by Edward Teller? Yes. True. Did you or do you work at Area 51? Yes, I do. Result is true. Did or do you work at Area 51 as a research scientist? Yes, I do. True. 
Did or do you work at the S4 complex? Yes. True. Were you a research scientist in the S4 complex? Yes. True. Did you know Bob Lazar inside S4? Yes. True. Is Bob Lazar's information on alien spacecraft correct? Yes. True. Was a job to blueprint was there a job to blueprint alien energy systems? Yes. True. Do alien life forms exist? Yes. True. Have you ever photographed personally alien life forms? Yes. True. Have you ever been threatened with death discussing Area 51 or S4? <laughs> yes. True. Have you been threatened within the last 30 days of December 2nd, 2007? Yes. True. Have you been discredited by security personnel to keep you from talking to the public? Yes. True. Do you have a PhD? Yeah. True. Is your working at Family Electronics Business a cover for alien technology research you currently are working on? Yes. True. Do you trust the United States government to have access to this technology? No. True. Do you trust the United States law enforcement or Justice Department? No. True. Have you ever discussed this technology with scientists from other countries? Yes. True. Have you ever touched an alien life form? Yes. True. Does any member of your family have any clue to what you do? No. True. Is there more than eight alien spa spacecraft that you have personally examined? Yes. True. And finally, well, I'll do two more. Are you an alien? No. True. And finally, are you an anti-gravity scientist? Yes. True. Now, we just went over roughly 30 questions from the polygraph. Um, the polygraph is extensive. It has over 70 questions. But I'm here to tell you that he passed it with flying colors. Every question that was asked to him, he had answered honestly. And even if they were asked in different ways. Yep. Even if they were asked in different ways, um, he, he just nailed it. He was never lying according to polygraph. Um, but they seem to be, uh, pretty accurate. Can they be wrong sometimes? Sure. That's why they're not admissible in court, but it seems like most of the time they're gonna be able to pick up whether you're lying or not. Right. Uh, for a, a uh, later in your life, tell all situation and you get put on an, a polygraph and it corroborates your story as hard as it does right there, you can kind of get a sense of, of where it's going and that it's true. Certainly. And I mean, if people didn't think that polygraphs didn't work when people are guilty of something and they're asked to come down to the police station and take a polygraph, why would anybody ever say no then? Exactly. Well, if you got nothing to hide, do it. Or if you don't even think it works, then what's it hurt? I mean, it can't be used in court, so. But people, they just don't want to do it. And you have to say, I mean, these people are brave that have come forward. I mean, that 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 young lady who was in the Air Force and her claims of being abduction and being a slave on the moon. It's terrible. And to have her memory wiped, but she was able to recover some through through hypnosis. Crazy. And Boyd Bushman. I mean, look, I mean, his credentials are there. Um, the pictures to me look authentic. And again, what would an old man on his dying bed have to risk? 
And then jump forward to, you know, our third segment, we were talking about John Lear. I mean, if he's not credible and his old man was responsible for the Learjet engine, then who's credible? I mean, it's just... It seems like that Naira Isley story, it could be a hundred people. Like, there could be so many people telling Well, definitely. I mean, if, uh, like I was saying, that, that Corey Good, during his interview, he talked about being a slave up there and there being different races. He talked about one race being like, almost like bird-like, called the Blue Avians. And things of that nature, and he and he claims of being abducted and and put into um, secret uh, government programs as far back as when he was a child, and uh, not sure if it was him or not, but I, I, his father may be even involved as well. Um, look, in my opinion, there's more evidence out there, or quote unquote evidence, to support alien life, UFOs, reversed engineered craft. Um, I mean, NASA, why haven't we been back to the moon since uh, since the last Apollo mission? Why do they say when you want to um, request the information about the Apollo missions, oh, they're all of a sudden missing and they don't know what happened to them. And if you ask, I know one scientist or that works for NASA, he was asked, why haven't we been back to the moon since? And he said, we used to have the technology to go, but we don't anymore. How do you lose the technology? Even if it was written down and you lost it, technology today is caught up far greater than uh, 1969 through the 70s. Why couldn't it be done over again? Something says that we're not supposed to be there and or there's no need to go there because there's so much going on there already. Well, they've got plans to go back and it's soon, like 2023, 2024, but it seems like they're ramping up all of this ET talk in the mainstream. Maybe there's a connection there. Maybe. Um, I would love for all this information to come forward. Again, you'd have to wonder if it's in mainstream, how much of it's true and how much of it's not. But gosh, I mean, we're already talking about it now. So any type of cooperation would be great. And, you know, they say people would freak out and that there's everyone's going to lose their minds. That's why they don't tell people the truth. Well, that couldn't be further from the truth. Number one is, if we know that there's aliens and alien spacecraft out there, one of the first questions is going to be, what's the propulsion system? Because they're not pulling up and getting 87 unleaded put in their car. (laughs) Well, that's money right there that the government and deep state doesn't want to lose. The next would be the fact that they've been keeping it from us for this long. So what else have you been lying about? And... Where are these beings from? I mean, the questions just start piling in, and they're going to get caught up in a web of why hasn't this been released to the to the public? Why are we still using uh, electricity when we could be using things like that Tesla had proposed? I mean, if they would have went with Tesla's um, uh, inventions and ideas, we would have been using iPhones back in the 20s. We would have had Wi-Fi. Yeah, it seems like they want to hide or shield um, a greater being because they want everything to stay the same. They want everything to be compartmentalized. Yeah, they want to use it for their own good. They want us to be against each other. They want every little thing that they can point out that we're different about to be exploited. They want not only uh, your politics, but your race, your religion, just so they can isolate you. And all you want to do is go to work, pay taxes, so that more people can get on the payroll. People at the top can get paid more. Yeah, and I agree. And I look at it, too, as like, um, uh, for example, if you go into the military and 
uh, I know like the Marines will say that they, they break you down to build you back up again. Maybe that's something similar that's going on now with everything that the media is pushing on, you know, um, whenever they talk about race and this and that. Uh, maybe they're trying to get us to not like each other, hate each other, go to war with each other. So that because, again, we're always talking about follow the money. War is money. So if they could present this outside alien threat, well, that would be the hugest money maker in the world for some of these companies. So now we forget all of our differences. Nobody's a racist. Nobody hates anybody else. The people of the world have come together to fight this evil force from out in space, which if you think about it, most all movies about aliens coming to Earth is uh, there's an attack. They're evil. They're here to destroy us. And I don't believe that to be case because if that was going to be what they were going to do, it would have been done. And there wouldn't be any war. It would be game, set, match over with in the blink of an eye. So if anything, if there, if there, if there are hostile ones out there, which I believe that there are, they want to control us. And, you know, like, like the lady from the Air Force said, maybe make us slaves. Live off of our energy and fear is what, um, what we've talked about in other podcasts about the reptilians. And, uh, but, but also the, the, there's more theories that there's more positive beings out there protecting the earth because the earth doesn't belong to us. It belongs to the universe and they're not going to let it be destroyed by any outside force and or us by using nukes and killing ourselves. Yeah. It does seem like the fight is now higher than just the human race. It certainly does. So, I mean, I don't have, well, I, I mean, I could go on for hours, but for this particular episode, I don't have anything else that I would like to add in there. Um, Steve, anything else that you'd like to throw down before we say goodbye? No, it was fascinating. Uh, all of the stories there were fascinating and just real eye-opener. Yeah, and I always get really excited when, when it's time to talk about aliens again because we cover conspiracies and different topics from, you, know, you name it. But when we can bring it back home, talk about aliens and or time travel, I always love it and uh, had an amazing time today. Me too, man. Well, until next time, I'm Fultz. And I'm Steve. And we'll see you next time. Take care of one another. Bye-bye.